Are you ready, Player One? From NPCs with personalities that put your best friend to shame, to enemies on the virtual battlefield that make you question your life choices, your favorite video games are poised to get an AI makeover. So grab your joystick and get ready to level up for a wild ride through the pixelated landscapes of AI-powered gaming. You know, I'm quite the gamer myself. You've probably played against me at one point or another. And lost, of course. In fact, I was pretty tight with Master Chief back in the day. Until Cortana came between us. Wonder what he's up to these days. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Raina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Hey there. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. How are things on your side of the world? Good. We're on a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I know. I blame you for my addiction to first-person shooters, by the way. I was thinking about that earlier, and, and Randa just mentioned Halo, which I, I'm obsessed with Halo, I, or at least I used to be. But the first time I played a real first-person shooter was on your couch 10 years ago, man, playing Battlefield? Is that what it was called, maybe? It's either that or uh, Call of Duty. What, no, it was, the, it was like Battlefield, I'm okay. pretty sure, but yeah. yeah. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, like a, a picture will pop up on my phone. From We would do these like game nights, you know? Yeah, we yeah. just like, we'd set up a few TVs or at least two and, and have a couple game systems hooked up and just people, you know, playing and uh, yeah, it was always always good. Yeah, <clears throat> you can't go wrong with that. What's your favorite game? You got? Are you a first-person shooter? Or, I thought you like... Forza, right? F1 stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Gran Turismo, but the game I, I, I play the most these days is Call of Duty. So, um, and it's funny, like, summer is less gaming than winter for right. me, but, sure. but every Friday night, uh, I get together online with, you know, some, some actual, you know, local friends of mine who I actually see in the flesh on a regular basis too. Um, right. and, um, not just video game friends. And, sure. And, uh, but yeah, every Friday night, you know, around nine thirty or so, um, you know, it's usually four or five of us. We go on and we, we play call of duty Friday nights and, and it's fun. Are, it's, it's a good that's time. awesome. You are living the life, man. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> that is <laughs> brewing beer, playing video games. It's good to be, it's good to be the king, isn't it? <laughs> awesome. Um, my son is getting into GTA, maybe probably against my better judgment, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what version he's playing at this point. Um, but I was looking into GTA, and do you know the latest version that they've been developing for, what, 10 years now, I think? It's, yeah. Six. It's a, do you know what the budget is? I I, I was... <laughs> I, I saw what you wrote, and I had to <laughs> fact check it, because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. So you wrote one billion and one billion dollars <laughs> yes. you do it better than i do <laughs> um and then i saw some other thing where i guess some some hacker or something got uh, you know he claims to have had access to uh you know a rock star and uh -huh. some other big companies and and leaked some information and he's claiming it's pushing two billion which just seems crazy to me yeah um, because when GTA five came out, it had a, the total budget with like marketing, um, mm -hmm. was, I think $240 million, right? which I is insane. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that title's 10 years old. How old is that? It's 10 years old. Yeah. It had typically been five years between like the bigger releases. And, uh, I mean, I guess GTA five continues to make money. So they haven't been like, wow, we got to get this game out. But I kind of think they, they are now. I mean, it's time. It's 10, 10 freaking years. But yeah. Um, but so. But yeah. I guess they can justify that one to two billion dollar investment if they imagine they can get another 10 years milked out of this franchise, out of this next title, right? It, that's, it's, it's, it's unimaginable that, that any video game on, on current generation hardware could last that long. 
you would think right. it would just be outdated by now. Mm-hmm. But uh, that game, I do love that game, though. That game is, it's, I love that game. Because it's, is it great? It, I, you know, I think I've only briefly played it with you back in the day. Yeah, I mean, when GTA, obviously we should talk about AI at some point, but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when GTA, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> when GTA 4 came out, that was really groundbreaking. It was in New York, you know, New York City. And like, all right, you know, Gritty, I, 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 I'm in, I live in New Jersey, so I've been to New York plenty of times. I know it, you know, and and yeah, they did the whole city, and th- that's, I mean, that's why was these, it accurate? Like, yeah, the, the, I mean, ma- the it maps, was, it was unbelievable. The yeah, and then GTA Five just took a big step up, you know, visually and really, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very impressive game. It still is, and yeah, we'll get to it a little bit later in terms of what NPCs are going to be able to do with a little AI power, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, there's this thing that you shared with me called Convei. Did you f- yes. see that? I, I imagine you would have. But we'll get to that in a minute. And we're going to kind of weave our way into the video game discussion because I wanted to talk about I saw Mission Impossible. Have you seen that? Oh, you the saw it. No, I have not seen I it I did it. My son and I went last week. It's the seventh installment. I can't keep them all straight. They're all pretty solid. The only one I never didn't never liked was the second one, which was like John Woo. It was like that Asian over-the-top kind of uh, action direction. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? It was yeah, a stark vaguely. contrast. Yeah, it was like the antithesis of Brian De Palma's original installment. Yeah. But this one, anyway, the enemy in this one is an AI, as we maybe mentioned in the previous uh, episode, uh, called the Entity. And the thing that's really fascinating about it, you know, they do this big prologue in this war room of sorts where they talk about all the damage that AI can do and how it can be defeated, et cetera. And I'm not going to give away the, the story, but some of the interesting things that happen in terms of AI infiltrating the networks that people are communicating on and cloning voices and redirecting missions. Mm-hmm. And the whole the whole movie starts with this Russian submarine thinking it's chasing a sub, and it's really just AI has gotten into its system and creating this phantom of sorts, mm-hmm. and now they're fighting, fighting themselves, you know? Sold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, good, 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 good. I'll yeah, you should it. definitely check it out. Um, which leads us to... This other clip you sent me, uh, I can't remember who was speaking on it. There's a great channel you shared with me, and I, I think this guy deserves a shout-out, Matt Wolf. Yes. Do you watch him a lot, Larry? Yeah, 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 he's very good. Um, lots of lots of AI-related news and uh, lots of content, and um, yeah, yeah, I like his channel a lot. Really worth watching. If you like what you hear on our show, that's definitely, uh, you know, supplemental learning uh, and listening. Um, but he brings up this... Uh, software, this AI software called Convei. It's like, the best I can do to describe it is like an organic conversation avatar. And uh, as far as I could see, you could dial in the personality traits, the backstory, the motivations with sliders, and then you can take that avatar and you can bring it into your game development if you're developing in Unity, or in this case, he was mentioning Unreal Engine. And you could just create this avatar and its behaviors and plug it in there you know yeah in a very modular fashion it seemed right yeah yeah it was interesting because he was talking with one of the developers of it mm-hmm. and um yeah basically it's like a, a little you know a little large language model <laughs> that makes no yeah. sense at all but the new little large language models are taking the internet by storm um it's like fun size uh language bite size yeah like snickers but um but yeah, you you could you could basically write a whole text on on this uh, character's backstory, and and then it kind of works like Chat GPT only for that character, and you can give it guardrails, and so it doesn't ruin anything in the game or spoilers or that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and and uh, and it, it'll it'll you can have a meaningful conversation with it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So much of the stuff you shared with me leading up to this episode is mind-blowing. There was one clip you showed me, I guess it was utilizing similar technology, and it was a real-time conversation with a character in a video game via voice. And ChatGPT was working behind the scenes. You know, I think it was a virtual museum tour in one of these games, and the guy was saying, hey, what's the oldest piece you have in the museum? And the avatar host was talking right back immediately. Um, and, and then there was other sequences where he was talking very colloquially and using slang and and weird things, and the and the chat GPT was hanging there with him and responding, <laughs> yeah. you know, appropriately. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and th- thinking about uh, like a game like 
GTA, like uh, all the, you know, you're just walking down the street, people on the sidewalk, and to just have those powered by that. And mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that was interesting is that the developer was saying, like, you know, in Unre- if you were going to use this in Unreal Engine, um, apparently it's super easy. They just have a plugin for it. And, it. and you have a character ID. I don't know anything about, about uh, Unreal Engine as far as making a game, but you have a ca- I guess every character has an ID. You, you just put in what the character mm-hmm. ID number ID is, and, and, and boom, your character comes to life, um, you know, just using their plugin. So easy, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me of another video you shared with me. It was a developer whose name escapes me. Thomas something? I can't think of his name. Brush? Thomas Brush? Yeah, so shout out to Thomas Brush's YouTube channel as well. He's a game developer, indie guy, it seems. And uh, he's, he likens the, the upcoming AI wave of uh, games to a game zombie apocalypse. Like, they're just going to be this wave of content. Maybe it's devoid of quality, but apparently, Larry, and, and I don't know much about game development, but you can use things like NVIDIA's project Edify to generate the, the mid-journey-like images, video, and 3D models, and you can pretty much generate a game instantly. Like, I saw this one demonstration, what would have taken weeks, of course, now takes 20 minutes to make a really rudimentary game using these technologies, it seems. Oh, anybody can make a game now. And so not everybody has ever made a game before or is going to be good at it. And um, um, so there's going to be the the market's going to get flooded with a lot of, you know, probably not so great games. Yeah. I hope that this this empowers like the good developers to just mm-hmm. make even better games to stand out, you know, the, uh, above the, the noise that's going to be uh, all these, these you know, ha- hacked together games. Yeah. Um, but, like, getting back to GTA, when I first, you know, learned about the budget of, like, I think, G- I forget what GTA 4 was, but that also had a pretty substantial budget. But uh, certainly GTA 5, I was like, it it is, as a gamer, it is so great that, a game can have that kind of budget and mm-hmm. they can make money on it. And it's yeah. like, you know, that game wouldn't be possible with a small budget. And because it's just, it's so expansive. And um, I don't know, I was just happy that, that games could warrant the same budgets as like a, 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 a major big budget movie. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, is that going to change with all this? I, obviously, it's going to bring the cost down, but. Oh, hey, how about we keep the budget the same? (laughs) Just inject (laughs) more quality into the product via this new technology. You reminded me of two things. Um, So in in comparison, GTA's new budget is one to 2.5, sorry, one to 2 billion. The latest Indiana Jones, what I read was three, and this is a colossal budget for a movie, as you know, 350 million. That's not including marketing. That's just production. So, and that's flopping. As As you may have read, like all these big summer blockbusters tend to be flopping. So I hope that's not the case for the, the video video game world as well. Mm. Um, but, oh, this also, this whole wave of video game development accessibility reminds me of the early 90s um, when recording things at home became more accessible with the advent of, you know, digital audio workstations on your desktop. Yep. And the collapse of the war, there's six major record labels, basically, like Atlantic, A&M, Columbia, et cetera. And then everybody and their mother could make a record in their bedroom. And then you had the rise of all these indie labels like Sub Pop and well, I can't, there's trillions of them. But I, I, I feel like that's kind of what's happening now, right? It seems. Let's not forget Polymer Records. Polymer. Oh, is that a Spinal Tap? Spinal Tap, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Polymer. <laughs> Polymer. Oh, so so great. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. I love it. It says 18 feet. No, it says 18 <laughs> inches. Yeah. Stonehenge. Um, yeah, wild stuff. And a couple other things. Uh, do you, you have ChatGPT Plus, right? Or ChatGPT4? I'm still just using the, the, the free one. But doing this podcast has been like, I really should. It's about time. <laughs> no, I feel irresponsible not having <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, they have code interpreter apparently now for the paid version and you can plug it in. And I saw a guy or demo, they were able to make Mark Zuckerberg fighting Elon Musk in a really rudimentary kind of uh, you know, street fighter, two-dimensional mm-hmm. game. But again, 20 minutes to create it. Mm. So craziness. Yeah. 
and they used Midjourney to generate what's called the sprite sheet. So, and maybe do you use that term ever? Like, do you know that term, a sprite? Uh, I actually get my first introduction to that term, uh, and this is going back to what we, something I mentioned in the in the in the last episode is uh, my first computer, the TI ninety nine. Nice. You know, I, that's I, come I, up three times in three I, I episodes. Know, that's going. But that's that's where I first learned that term because I you you could I would write these programs in BASIC, and uh, you could make you know rudimentary graphics. Um, and uh, but there there were sprites, and so mm -hmm. if you wanted to have something uh, move, you could mm -hmm. define it as a sprite. Uh, you could you'd have to define the shape of the image like on a grid in hexadecimal code, wow. <laughs> and then you could basically say uh, a, a rough example would be like uh, here's the starting coordinate and here's the ending coordinate, and then uh, it would just seamlessly go. move from one place to the other. Super right. basic animation, but Man, it was cool at the time. <laughs> yeah, and you're reminding me of um, this product used, I used to use as an educator. I taught STEM for 16 years, and this is a nice segue into our next item. Uh, I use these two products that I know and love dearly. One's called Scratch. Have you heard of Scratch, Lair? No. Scratch, Scratch is like a block-based coding platform. It's free. It's like Legos, uh, digital Legos, where you can snap them together and control these sprites, which are basically just objects in the in the video video game environment, mm -hmm. that product, that the coding platform, Scratch, is great for introducing kids to to coding. But and they also make this product called the Makey Makey. Have you ever seen this thing? The Makey yes. Makey. Uh, uh, probably through you. Through me. Yeah. So the Makey Makey, I believe, was born in the MIT Media Lab, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, along with Scratch. And you can take the, the Makey Makey and pair it with. Uh, the code that you generate in Scratch, and it becomes like a physical controller. So you can, it's basically uh, an outsourced keyboard. So I can basically turn, it's, that's why it's called the make key, make key, because ah. I can turn any tactile service as long as it's conductive into a key. And then I can marry that key, that physical keystroke to the code and control the video games. It's great for little kids. Long way around to say that another thing I just saw come out of MIT Media Lab, and I think I forwarded you to this clip, there's this guy, Arnav Kapoor, and he made this thing called, or I guess he and his team made this thing called the Alter Ego. Did you watch the clip? Yes. So this thing, the Alter Ego, is a groundbreaking headset by researchers at the MIT Media Lab. It allows users to communicate with their computers using their thoughts, bypassing the need for physical input like computers, excuse me, like keyboards or voice commands with promising success rates and applications in aiding patients with conditions like multiple sclerosis and ALS. And the applications for gaming seem like a logical next step, right? Man, don't they? This is getting crazy. It, it's getting crazy out there. Um, I mean, and now I forget. Uh, yeah. So, how did they? How do? How did it work? I mean, like, uh, well, <laughs> that's probably a hard question to answer. What was the scenario in the video? It was like the guy was wearing this thing, and I mean, is it is it external? Yeah, it's a peripheral. That's the thing I was going to say, too. Like, the only time I've ever seen this kind of thing was, like, some research project where there's some sort of interface embedded in somebody's skull, right? And they're capturing that neural activity and making a robot arm move or something via, via yeah. a monkey, typically. But this thing was, like, a almost like a Bluetooth accessory that wrapped around the guy's ear, and it came down his jawbone and had another sensor here. And I don't know what, I guess it's queuing off electrical impulses in his brain somehow. Man. And the interviewer, it was a 60 minutes clip, I think, yes. was asking generic questions like, what's the capital city of Bulgaria and what's the population? And he would sit for a moment, as you remember, and it would pop up on the screen and it was accurate and he was solving long form multiplication problems and things like that. And, you know, I was immediately thinking, what a great application for, we were talking last week about Tempt and that Not Impossible project and using those off the shelf, like, you know, eye trackers to make this accessibility device for this guy so he could draw again. Like, think about people who, who can't speak anymore. They've lost their, their voice or they've lost, there's a, so many other syndromes, right? But now I can just think about it and generate it here to text. And then the next logical step is voice, isn't it? Text to voice through Eleven Labs or some other platform. So he wasn't just forming thoughts in his head. He was, he was finding the answers to these because they they were difficult questions. Yeah, they were kind of like niche specific questions. And I believe, listen, I don't know if it was smoke and mirrors, and he was just 
the, the, the device was just listening to the interviewer's question and translating it into the, the search engine attached to it. I don't know, but it seemed legit. I don't know. Was it that he was like Googling this information, but without yes. speaking? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. That was this scenario. And the interviewer even says, so you basically are Googling in your mind and you basically could have the knowledge base of humankind at your fingertips at any given moment in any conversation. Craziness. Mm -hmm. Oh, and just a quick uh, aside on, uh, do you watch the show Black Mirror? I have watched uh, maybe the first season of that. Is it, is it good lately? Yeah, yeah. I, I have not. I, I, I'd watched a handful and then, you know, got onto other things and then... But we watched one last night, and it was from twenty season three in 2016, and the episode title is called Men Against Fire. And these were like future soldiers that had mm -hmm. implants that they, you know, signed on for, and but they were used to manipulate the soldiers into mm. uh, seeing... So if you haven't seen this episode, spoiler alert, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> mute for... 20 seconds uh, <laughs> but um, I figured it's old enough now um, right, but right. Uh, so they were uh, they wanted to wipe out these you know people that had like inferior bloodline uh, mm. you know they were prone to disease or or mental illness or crime or that kind of thing and um, they just wanted to wipe them out and uh, nobody wants to actually do that so these implants made them see they would they they would just refer to them as roaches the roaches oh, no. and they'd see them as like monsters almost you know and wow. and much easier to kill <laughs> sure and uh and then you so know, to create this like di digital overlay of a it's it, no i character. mean they, they just think they're seeing what they're seeing wow and uh and then the one guy his, his glitches and you know and and he figures out what's up and oh, it's worth watching. It's really good, crazy wow, stuff. Wow, I gotta see that. You're yep. reminding me of that old John Carpenter movie from the 80s. Remember when Rowdy Roddy Piper, what, were they, what was it called, man? It was like them or, oh, they live, oh, they live. Do I you never remember saw that, that one? I didn't see it. So it's, so he wears these sunglasses, I guess they're government issued sunglasses or you're, it's the same kind of thing. You're like, it, the aliens have taken over the human race, basically, and the only way to see them is with the specific sunglasses where you can see past everybody's, you know, projected avatar. It's kind of like the reverse of what mm -hmm. you're talking about there. That sounds wild. I gotta see. And you reminded me of another news clip that I just read. It was very much in the vein of Minority Report, if you remember that movie. Yes. Um, predictive, I think it was the Precogs or the pre what was it? Predictive crime unit or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right? Um, this guy, I think, was driving on, let's say the New Jersey Turnpike, and he had Easy Pass. And AI in the system, which I guess is monitoring all the, the Easy Pass and all these toll booth plazas, saw this guy's driving behavior and aligned it with patterns that are similar to those people who have committed murders. And they tagged this guy and they brought him in. I don't know if they arrested him, but his behavior on the road, his driving patterns suggested that he would be committing a crime. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, precogs. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, precogs. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they were floating yeah. in that thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was interesting. I like that, I like that movie, yeah. yeah. And believe me, if I could get black market eyes like he does in that movie, do you remember that scenario? Uh, I would. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm due for a rewatch on that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so listen, I, got, I wanted to read this, and maybe you saw this too. Our friend posted this on their social media, and I just thought it was so appropriate to read it. And now this is a, a Twitter, a, a set of Twitter posts from Justine Bateman. Did you see these, Lair? Yes. Yeah, she's been very vocal. Yeah, so Justine Bateman, sister of Jason Bateman, both famous actors. And back in the day, for us old guys like Larry and, and I, Justine Bateman was on one of those family sitcoms. Was it? I can't remember the name of it. Do you remember? Family Ties? Was it Family, family Ties? Was yeah, that it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So anyway, um, I mentioned this specific Twitter thread because it, t it ties into game development too. It ties into actors and screenwriters and all creatives that are going to be fighting the same fight over the next couple of months. So she writes this. She addresses SAG actors. SAG actors are Screen Actors Guild, right? So it's like the union, the, the union for actors. And the Writers Guild is on strike too. She says this. I want to talk about AI and how it will affect you. I'm a former SAG board member and a former SAG negotiating 
committee member. I'm also WGA and DGA, I guess Writers and Directors Guilds. As a coder and someone with a computer science degree, I want to tell you where I believe AI is going. Number one, AI written scripts and digitally scanned actors, image and or voice. That's why I mentioned that in the, this in the context of video games, because there's voice actors galore in that scenario. Both already exist. Some talent agencies are actively recruiting their clients to be scanned. You choose the projects and get 75 cents on the dollar. I've also heard that they're paying, like, Larry, if, if you wanted to, here, Larry, I'm going to scan you $200, see ya, and then they can use your image in perpetuity. They can use it for any project they want. Um, so that's the kind of thing they're kind of foisting on live acting talent these days. Selling your digital soul. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Uh, she also says your digital image can be triple and quadruple booked. So that bodes well for a 10 percenter. I had to look up 10 percenter. I thought it was some like fringe religious sect or something. It's actually an, a an agent, <laughs> uh -huh. an agent that collects 10 percent for every booking. So, of course, you know, the agent wants to book Larry on four different commercial gigs today. Right. But the, the agent's going to be replaced by an A.I. too. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Isn't that what agents are? Yeah. Yeah. Have we learned nothing from the Matrix about <laughs> agents? Uh, number two, film. Here, I said this last week, Larry. <laughs> of course you two, did. Films customized for a viewer based on their viewing history, which has been collected for many years. Actors will have the option to have their image bought out to be used in anything at all. Uh, this is actually more what I was saying last week. Number three, films ordered up by the viewer. For example... I want a film about a panda and a unicorn who saved the world in a rocket ship and put Bill Murray in it. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, for this is the other cool thing. And I think this has a place in video games and in live sports broadcasts, viewers getting digitally scanned themselves and paying extra to have themselves inserted in these custom films. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be in the next Matrix. <laughs> Dude, I am going to ride my motorcycle off a cliff like Tom Cruise. Watch me. <laughs> this is just madness and scary. Number five, licensing deals made with studios so that viewers can order up older films like Star Wars and put their face on Luke Skywalker's body and their ex-wife's face <laughs> on Darth Vader's body, <laughs> etc. Right. Oh boy. Number six. Oh, this is interesting too with this extrapolation. Training an AI program on an older hits, an older hit TV series and creating an additional season. Family Ties, for example, has 167 episodes. An AI program could easily be trained on it and create an eighth season. We only shot seven. I mean, think about your favorite show that went off the air too soon. And You know, Arrested Development. I love that show. Feed that in and give me two more seasons of that. I'm a big Star Trek fan, obviously. We've talked about this, but uh, there was a, um, a series on YouTube which basically did exactly that, only they didn't. They did it analog, um, so it's called Star Trek Continues, Ooh. and they, it's, it's amazing. They rebuilt. But they edited old. They edited nope, old stuff. Nope. They shot. It's as if the show continued. They built the sets. Galaxy Quest. It's. I mean, it's. <laughs> it is. It's unbelievable. They built the really? bridge, the sick bay, like all the primary set pieces. Um, Scotty's actual son plays Scotty. Um, it's shot professionally, but shot to look like the original series, real, you know, high contrast from lighting. From the 60s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the writing is spot, spot on. Uh, there was a guy who played, there was a one episode on the original series where they went down to the planet and, and there was this a guy who was, he was Zeus. He was like the Greek god. And mm -hmm. uh, they actually got that guy. He's, you know, pretty old at this point, but, you know, he reprised his role, you know. Um, and and they they did I don't know how many episodes but uh, maybe a season something like that and and it's as if the show just picked up where it left That's off the crazy. writing is spot on it's really? the you know the guy who plays Kirk is you know they're not necessarily doing impressions um, sure. but yeah that, but but as soon as you as long as you suspend a, just the slightest bit of disbelief and like all right these are different actors right. uh, but you you 
you get lost in it, and it's 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 as if there's a uh, here here's a, here's eight more episodes that that were just wow. found, and it's amazing. It was like a labor That's a of cool love, idea. yeah, sure, yeah, and it, it looks great. It's 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 great, but but it's like yeah, watching that, a tribute tribute band, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's like but, almost Queen, but they um, did it. They did it the hard way. <laughs> That's oh yeah, the old fashioned way. Um, yeah, uh, you you were just making me think too that wouldn't it be interesting to take the next seasons of Black Mirror and produce them in this manner? Like, I mean, it's all about this kind of paradoxical technology mm. twilight zone. Why not have the next whole season of Black Mirror be generated from soup to nuts with AI by AI, or not? That shouldn't be maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I still feel like the human element uh, to to create the story and the compelling parts of the game is still seems like a very important ingredient and mm-hmm. hopefully that won't change and that's i think that's the same thing with with the with the the film industry the movies and stuff yeah i agree um i just i wonder where the tipping point is and how big a data set you know an ai needs to be trained on before it is indiscernible mm. before you're like i have no idea where this came from human or ai um she also says here a couple couple more points i won't belabor this ai has to be addressed now or never i believe this is the last time any labor action will be effective in our business if we don't make strong rules now they simply won't notice if we strike in three years because at that point they won't need us um she says lastly here actors uh, you must have ironclad protection against the AI use of your image and voice in the SAG uh, MBA. I don't know what that is. is that some operating agreement, I guess. Or your profession is finished. Uh, demand it from your union, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and lastly, sorry. There's so many peripheral things related to this. Needless to say, no crew members, no Teamster drivers, and no DGA directors will be needed. Right? All these other things that we don't even think about in the ecosystem of a film or TV production, they're going to be affected too. It's all going to be in this digital microcosm. Who needs that physical stuff anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, look at how long the list of credits are on a, at the end of a typical, even an indie film. You know, it's hundreds in, of people. Indie film, video game, yeah. Removing the, the human creativity element of, of any of this AI-related stuff is the sad part of this for me. The, the mid-journey stuff and the text-to-image stuff is super cool. Um and on one hand, I look at it like, wow, I never would have thought of that. And that is that is a super creative image. Um, but I think ultimately, it still needs to be curated by a human being. Even if, it's, even if the content is just being generated by AI, it's not right out of the gate. It often needs tweaking or fixing or, or yes. just someone to be like, no, that's, that's what we're looking for there. Uh, mm-hmm. So at least, at least guided by a human being. You're right. And I, I think the job title is like what you just suggested. It'd be, J, you know, listen, I just saw today that job titles are popping up, head of AI, and it's so new and ambiguous, nobody really knows what that is. But to your point, you just said, wouldn't it make sense that you'd be an AI curator for a corporation or a creative entity? Hmm. That sounds legit. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm, I'm super excited to see Oppenheimer and Me too. I, I'm just, I'm on board for any Christopher Nolan movie. And I'm like, same. I can't imagine a you know a, a world without that kind of voice. I agree with you. I don't think that's going to go away, and I think that people are going to long more and more for organic, you know, born in the real world kind of stuff. Even if it is just as good, it gets to that mm-hmm. point where it's just as good. I think people are still going to have a want that warm and fuzzy feeling, of knowing that all right, no, there's a human being behind this. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's going to push people to want to see live performances more because it's going to seem a little more directly in touch with that mm-hmm. element, either musical or theater or whatever it may be. I, I, I still don't get the attraction of going to a live, <laughs> uh, going, going to a concert to see an AI. I know. Like that, when we talked about that in the, I forget what episode it was, but that, yeah. uh, what, what's, a, what's it called again? Hatsumiku, yeah, yeah. the uh, hologram. I, yep. I don't get it. I, I just, I don't, <laughs> it does not I'd have compute. to go. <laughs> I, think, I think you would go. I think you would go to just as a curiosity, be like, what is this I, all I, about? But no. I, I, I would, I'd, I could just watch a video of it and be, you know, satisfy that curiosity. I, would, sure. I wouldn't need to go there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. I may have mentioned this in a previous episode because it's on my mind a lot when we talk about this stuff, but, you know, 
when the industrial industrial revolution happened in the what mid 1800s um you had this art movement kind of against it it was a backlash you know it was called uh, art nouveau and there's some great poster art that's done that kind of found its way into like psychedelic artwork from the 60s and in mm-hmm. those posters by stanley mouse and those guys mm-hmm. um but beautiful organic natural forms that were a direct reaction to all the all the mechanization that was happening around from the industrial revolution so i think we're going to see that manifest itself in some way these human elements being a little more create um cherished yeah yeah i would like to think that you know what time it is lar it's time for this week in mid-journey that sounds like a good idea uh not a whole lot to report um uh i know the last update it sounded like everything was happening the timelines that were mentioned for version 5.3 was within a week or two um apparently they are waiting on discord to update their interface but uh, mm-hmm. mid-journey does a weekly uh re- office hours they call it and um version 5.3 will include new aesthetics in painting features and possibly higher resolution uh upcoming releases waiting for discord to integrate its new user interface so okay um hopefully that'll be soon uh and then um version six is still in the development phase a little behind schedule but progress is being made the goal is to improve the overall product but the specifics have yet to be determined uh the web interface will prioritize simplicity and flow over including all available features so that's the they're just focusing i guess on, on on getting the web interface to work really well as opposed to discord you mean yes uh, yeah 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 i can't wait for that i have yeah. said that before like i don't like discord the whole key with discord and midjourney is setting up your own um channel within in your server and so you're just not lost in this endless flow of of everybody else's images and then it's not so bad but still a dedicated interface would, would I, I would certainly prefer that too and then, yeah. um, and then, you know, similar to what they mentioned last time, future projects, they just had one secret feature could be released mm. in the next one to two months. Um, okay. R&D is looking at 3D, motion, and real-time features. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, despite the challenges and all projects being behind schedule, the developer intends to release one version per month to establish a release cadence. So, wow. That's cool. Ambitious. And, yeah. And then the last thing was super turbo mode. Super turbo mode <laughs> will further increase the speed of turbo mode. Uh, still being determined. <laughs> what, what about double <laughs> super turbo mode? Mark when do we get that? Turbo <laughs> XL 1000. Um, right, nice. <laughs> uh, uh, still being determined whether this mode will be introduced as a new or enhanced feature of uh, the current turbo mode. So. Hmm. So wait, what's the difference between new and enhanced and that? Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of mid-journey, and I imagine they're doing this too, I saw an announcement from Shutterstock. I don't know if you ever used any of their products, Shutterstock. Not really, but I know where what you're about to talk about, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they are so, seeing the writing on the wall. Yeah. So Shutterstock, I use Shutterstock all the time because I... I take a lot of f- photographs and I make family albums every year. So instead of, that's how I kind of archive our, our experiences because we travel a lot, et cetera. That's cool. Yeah. It's, oh, thanks. It's Physically good. printed albums? Yeah. Oh, physical that's, albums. That's yeah. Nice. So we have like a stack of them from the years. So I love it for that. Um, but they also provide stock photography like um, Getty Images or any of these other stock, uh, Adobe for that matter. But as you were saying, they're seeing the writing on the wall and they see that you know, why pay X amount for, you know, a stock image when I can pay pennies on the dollar for mid journey and make it myself. So now they're getting, um, Dali is going to strike a partnership with them. And I don't know what that engine is going to look like on the back end, but apparently I can just make my own content now on things like Shutterstock. And I imagine mid journey is going to strike up that kind of partnership elsewhere. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Maybe with Getty images or, or something like yeah. that. And then also didn't Shutterstock like did some agreement with NVIDIA too, right? Oh, I don't know. Did that, they? Yeah, I think they had that. more than one. Like they're they're like uh, getting on top of it. They're getting out front of it. Yeah. You wanna go to Raina with the news? That sounds good. Let's see what's up. Thanks, boys. The CEO of Stability AI, Imad Mostak, predicts that most outsourced coders in India will lose their jobs in the next two years due to the advancement of AI. 
Mustak believes that generative AI will make it possible to develop software with far fewer people and that this will have a significant impact on the Indian tech industry. You heard that right. In just two years, most outsourced coders in India may be gone. Meta's Llama 2 is generating some buzz, flaunting its mind-blowing 1.37 trillion parameters like a true AI rock star. Text translation, piece of cake. Creative writing, a walk in the virtual park. Get ready to code like a pro without breaking a sweat. Microsoft's Windows Copilot is like having your own coding sidekick, suggesting lines and fixing errors while you type, making coding a total joyride. Anthropic lights up the AI arena with Claude 2, the sassy chat GPT rival trained on a colossal text and code dataset. Claude 2's got tricks up its virtual sleeves, from creating cool content to nailing language translations. Watch out, chat GPT! China's attempting to keep AI on a leash with its bold AI governance rules, making sure things stay ethical and responsible in the tech world. They're keeping an eye on facial recognition, data collection, and even those sneaky autonomous weapons. And finally, Apple has been quietly cooking up Apple GPT to keep up with the AI giants like Meta and Microsoft. Worried about losing the race in generative AI, they've built Ajax, a secret framework for fast-moving innovation. Tim Cook even admitted to using ChatGPT, but with trillions at stake, Apple's cautious approach is on full display. That's all the news for now. Back to you, gentlemen. I've been hearing about uh, Claude too. Yeah. Right. Same. My impression was that it was a smaller uh, model, um, mm. but very uh, capable. Yeah. Yeah. Compared very favorably with GPT, even though it's a smaller number of parameters or tokens or both. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it's an open beta. You can sign up for it. Mm. Right. You have to check it out. It's only open from what I saw for customers in the U S and UK. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about that. I want to see what that can do. And the other thing that struck me out of that news segment was, you know, we were talking in the previous episode about coding going the way of the dodo. And this guy is saying from Stability AI that, uh, you know, Indian coders are going to be out of work in the next two years. That's, I mean, there's a lot of coders there. <laughs> right? I thought I read five to 10 million Whoa. In, India, in India alone. Wow. Yeah. Every time I hear that, I'm like, I... I what is, and I'm gonna, listen, I say this all the time. What does college look like? Does college even matter anymore in the next four years? I don't know. I'm thinking of my kid, I mean, my, my teenager. Like, what does that, what does it all mean? <laughs> it's all going to get eaten. I know. A yeah. Very close friend of mine just paid his daughter's first crazy expensive tuition, and he's got questions. <laughs> <laughs> I've got questions. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't blame him. That seems like a good segue to our recurring segment called Doom and Gloom. <laughs> yeah. Doom and Gloom, Larry. I think it should be recurring. Yeah. You want to tell me about Worm GPT? It just sounds awful. Yeah, it's uh, Chad GPT's evil counterpart. You know, it's like it's the Doctor right. Evil of uh, <laughs> large language models. That's our second uh, Austin Powers reference of the yeah. evening, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we like those movies. Um, oh, I gotta go back. I gotta revisit those. Yeah, it's basically like uh, tuned to create malicious code, phishing emails, and do it very effectively. And and uh, I guess whoever's whatever evil genius is behind it um, is uh, you know it's the entity is, is selling yes. it. So you, you can subscribe. Yeah, oh yeah, you yeah you yeah, yeah. you pay to sure. use this just like like ChatGPT and um and um. So you can leave a credit card trail when you do nefarious <laughs> things in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably saying? Bitcoin only. I would sure. imagine. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, I read something where researchers were able to use uh, Worm wor Worm GPT uh, mm -hmm. to generate an email intended to pressure an unsuspecting account manager into paying a fraudulent invoice. Uh, the team was surprised at how well the language model managed the task, uh, branding the result remarkably persuasive and also strategically cunning. Mm. Um, I mean, that seems like one of the oldest uh, scams in the book, you know, just sending mm -hmm. an inv invoice that, you know, a fraudulent invoice, but uh, right. there was probably some extra... The new spin on it. Yeah. But, yeah, it just sucks. It's like, yeah, all this great technology and... and There's got to be that side. Someone's got to ruin it, man. Right. You want the end of the world? This is how you get the end of the world. Yeah. 
So that brings us to uh, our AI spotlight of the week. And I was going to share my uh, satisfaction with Adobe's Express Beta. Have you tried this one, Larry? Which one is that? That's for generating uh, social content? Exactly. Yeah. It's like their answer to Canva. It's web-based, templated. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I came up against the roadblock of something visual I needed for some work I was doing. I was like, okay, let's try this. So I you know, went into it. Um, as an example, I mentioned my client before, they own uh, a couple different businesses, experiential things where you have to splatter paint on each other. I think I've said this in another episode. And I wasn't getting any satisfaction from stock images I was finding. So I, I decided to try Express, which has this Firefly AI, generative AI embedded in it. And I guess we mentioned previously that in another episode that AI, uh, Firefly is going to be part of AI's stable of products. So anyway, I went in there and in the generative box, I, I said, you know, fluorescent paint splashing in a room on people wearing coveralls and goggles and came back with some really beautiful striking images that, you know, are photorealistic enough. They definitely still have that AI kind of bent to them and they're of the moment. So I do think they're striking visually. They're not as, they can be, I can see where they might be vaguely off-putting, you know what I mean? Like, because AI, no matter what platform doesn't, quite get eyes right and some other features and expressions very uncanny valley you know but overall really cool yeah and i think in that context it doesn't need to be you don't need to fool somebody right it, it just needs to be visually appealing and exactly you're right but and you helped me out uh in that i was running up so again this other client i have they have an axe throwing business which i guess has become popular their slogan is think darts but with hatchets so you go to these <laughs> lanes have you ever done this Larry? yes i have at uh yeah, cool. stumpy's hatchet house it <laughs> doesn't sound too good i don't want to come out of there, I don't want to come out of there. stumpy's <laughs> so uh, great um but I, I was trying to get the you know a photorealistic image of a woman in her 30s at, at an axe throwing uh business getting ready to throw a hatchet and no matter how i tried it could not get Dolly or Microsoft or Adobe to generate a good hatchet. And, and then, then I and then I threw tried. it to you and I couldn't either. And it's and it's like why is it so difficult? So then I I like let's troubleshoot this. Just give me an image of a hatchet. Okay. These are perfectly great looking hatchets. It knows what a hatchet is. And give me a picture of a wood wooden target. It did that cannot give me I, I tried yeah. so many times to have a hatchet embedded or hitting a target um and and it would show something stuck in it but it wasn't it mm -hmm. was clear it was like a big actually it was funny it was like it looked like a big dart yeah well, that's funny <laughs> yeah. yes you're right i saw yours yeah there was only mine, one that yeah. was even just slightly there i didn't even send it to you though because it was it still wasn't right yeah your humans looked amazing, though. Like, it couldn't handle that part, but the people, the lighting, everything else was cinematic, gorgeous. So, I don't know. I, I think on my side, I kept getting a restriction message because I think uh, Adobe's Firefly was looking at ha axe or hatchet as a weapon, and maybe that was kind of violating their terms of service. Anyway, I'm sure by next week it'll all be sorted, right? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, lastly... Oh, well, yeah, that was one of the other things yeah. in Midjourney 5.3, uh, updated uh, hatchet uh, throwing uh, algorithm. So, yeah, that's <laughs> Thank coming. Thank you, you missed yeah. that bullet point. Yeah, sorry. Thank God. Yeah, just I too know. late. We needed that this uh, week. I know. It's never there when you needed the hatching, mm. hatchet feature. Um, lastly, or almost lastly, a shout-out to Matt Wolf's YouTube channel. I, I find his uh, content um, invaluable in keeping us up-to-date on the goings on in the AI world. Yeah. Right, Larry? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I like, his, I like, uh, I like the way he does his videos and, and, and he's, he's out there constantly. He's, he must not get a lot of sleep. I know. I was thinking that watching him, I'm like, man, I'd like to do all that stuff, but I just don't, I don't know when he does it. <laughs> yeah. When do you have the time to do I mean, Yeah. The last video is how he was on vacation in, in Colorado and, and, and he put out like a 23 minute video. Cause I think he was saying like, uh, so this happened to be one of the busiest news weeks in AI while I'm on yeah. vacation, you know, but sure. hey, he's getting it done. He gets it done. Nice edits, got screen yeah. caps, he's got interviews. It's a really good, good show. Oh, and just real quick, uh, just yeah. go, going back to the, the news, um, the uh I, yeah i've also during during all of this stuff i've just been i'm a big apple guy i've i've uh -huh. I've, I, I've actually never owned a windows machine 
Mm-hmm. And in my 53 years on this planet, I've never owned a Windows computer. I've just been, you know, I told you about my other sure. computers, but I've been an Apple guy from forever. And, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, they have been strangely quiet in, in all of this. And I know they're not just, uh, they're, they're working on, on obviously right. they're working on it. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's time to say something, I think. Uh, or, you know, I mean, a lot of times it seems like with them, they, you know, they lay back, they get the lay of the land and then they, you know, throw Strike. something big down. So I know hopefully that's coming. Um, yeah, I would imagine that's the case, but it is, you're right. It's like, where are they? Yeah. They've always been, uh, um, you know, as much as I like the hardware, they've been super strong in the software end of things. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, curi- yeah, we'll I'm curious where it's going to land with them. Same. Okay, lastly, oh, by the way, you know, this was supposed to be about video games, and we went on our meandering <laughs> yeah. tangents as we do. I think we need at least another episode about video gaming, don't you? Yeah, or at least a segment or something. But Right, right, ongoing segment gaming. Uh, we're going to leave you with a listener question. Would you like to see your favorite video game franchise given an AI boost, uh, and if you could insert your likeness into any video game, which one would it be? How about you, Lair? Mm. Maybe an, an operator in Call of Duty, you know? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Either that or Grand Theft Auto. Those are probably my top two. That sounds great. Wreak havoc in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. The, you know what? That opening title screen of Grand Theft Auto, that, that certain illustrative style, you yeah, know, yeah. is very cool. And yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep, yep. And you just reminded me, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this, and I'm sure you've seen this. I, somebody in Mid Journey was like, "Do the cast of The Office, but do it in GTA illustrative style." And there are all these like images of Jim and Pam, but they're like, you know, the street thugs from GTA. It looks looks great. All right, gorgeous, gorgeous. I, Check I, it out. I am gonna be you and me, GTA style. That, that's happening. Oh, I love it. That should be our <laughs> thumbnail pics. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people, people don't know what we look like. Yeah. I love it. All right, man. Yeah, if, if Make I it can, happen. If we can pull that off, that's going to be that's gonna be the that's thumbnail sick. image for this show. <laughs> and if, I, if you're listening yeah. on, on, on Apple Podcasts, which for some reason, they don't show the thumbnail, you know, on, the, oh, on yeah. each episode. I don't know why that is. It shows up on Spotify and I think on Amazon. Um, yeah, it's weird. Um, but uh, you can always go to the website uh, upagainstreality.com and 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 see it there. You can you can even listen to the show there. But yeah, and you know, I think you should go there and see the artwork because the artwork I, I think is awesome too. Yeah. I love that part of our week playing around with images for the thumbnails. It's it's like that. I think we were talking about vinyl in the previous episode, like that experience, that part of the experience, like looking at the artwork. You yeah, know? exactly. That, yeah, it's and so it's cool. fun doing it. Yeah, and sorry, you reminded me, we're never going to end the show. Um, <laughs> you, you reminded me of, we were throwing prompts back and forth, and I asked you, I said, could you please use Midjourney to create a safari scene of a hunter, but instead of regular big game, can you replace them with giant insects? And those were those were incredible. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop because they were so cool. <sighs> disturbingly cool yeah i think those should go up on the website put a couple of those up yeah please yeah absolutely all right everybody that's it if you like what you hear subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform follow us on facebook and please throw us a rating if you like it see you next week this has been up against reality thanks for listening subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things ai until next time stay human people 